You're listening to The Brave Yes, the show where we explore the many brave yeses heart-centered, passionate women must make in order to show up in this world more fully as you, without apology. I am your host, Sean Fink, a coach for women who are ready to dig out from the rubble of shoulds and expectations and start leading with courage and authenticity. This podcast is brought to you by the Rise Stronger in 2021 Challenge, a free seven-day training designed to give you six science-backed tools to bring you greater well-being and resilience. Each day for seven days, you will receive an email from me with a new element to explore and sink into in your real life. I hope each element will inspire you to do things a little differently so you can be stronger for whatever you choose to do in 2021 or whatever comes your way. This challenge will be closing down soon, so I encourage you to sign up now. We'll put a link in the show notes and in the blog post for this episode. Enjoy the show. It's not easy to stand out and speak up. It's not easy to communicate your needs. So when we make the brave yes decision to do just that, we are stepping more fully into being our authentic selves and living our truth. And we are creating an energy of courage. But that doesn't mean that it's not scary or that it is easy to do or that it's done lightly without thought or effort. Not at all. Today, my guest is Karen C.L. Anderson, and she's going to share her story about doing just that with her mother. Late last year, when the words brave yes came to me, I started thinking about all the women I knew and how they would have brave yes stories to share. I decided to go on a quest to reach out to 10 of those women to bring their stories here as inspiration for you to really step into your own Brave Yes journey of being you without apology. Hey everyone, I am super excited about today's episode. This is the first in this uh, 10-part series that I am going to be graciously showing you ways to step into your own Be You Brave Yes journey. And I just wanted to take a second before I start um, the interview with Karen to explain um, that the story that you're going to be hearing today is about how she set boundaries with her mother and why this is an important story in this conversation this larger conversation of the brave yes, is that when we can hold boundaries for ourselves with those people who have the most influence over us, that is one of the most ultimate ways to step into our power and really start to be ourselves and love ourselves and embrace ourselves, which is what the brave yes is all about. It's all about living your truth living out loud as the woman that you want to be. And since my work 
really works with women who are in that messy middle of trying to set those boundaries or find your purpose and really step into your own greatness. I love Karen's story, her passion, and what it has meant for her to truly embrace who she is. So that's the connection here for the BU part of things. And that's, that's what I think is at the heart of this Brave Yes journey that I am trying to take you on. That until we fully accept ourselves and love ourselves, it's really hard to live out loud and be ourselves without apology in the world. So with that, let's get started with the interview. Wonderful day. I am so excited. Today, my guest is Karen C.L. Anderson, a master certified life coach and author who has helped hundreds of smart, creative women use the difficult relationships they have with their mothers as a catalyst for growth. Karen is the author of Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, a guide for separation, liberation, and inspiration, and the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relationship Journal and Overcoming Creative Anxiety, Journal Prompts and Practices for Disarming Your Inner Critic. Karen incorporates storytelling, journaling, awareness tools, shadow work, and simple energy and somatic practices in her Mother Load one-to-one mentorship program. Karen understands the adage, hurt people, hurt people while also acknowledging that cultivating compassion and empathy does not have to equal access and that healthy boundaries up to and including going no contact are at the heart of healing. Welcome, Karen. I'm so happy that you're here. (laughs) Thank you, Sean. I'm glad to be here. Good. So I would first love to channel uh, the great mystic. I'm a huge spirituality guru, um, the great mystic Howard Thurman and ask you a very real question, given the state of the world these days. How is it with your soul? Right now, it's a big exhale. It is a, um, a relief, a call to action, a continued call to action is what just popped into my head. Because if I'm really honest, uh, four or five years ago, we were just all sort of going along and, um, you know, I, I've been in the process of, as I say, waking up, um, for a while now, 10, 15 years. Um, but I didn't realize, um, I mean, I guess if I could say I'm grateful for one thing having to do with our previous administration here in the United States, um, it is that it is a call to, it, it was a call to action that many of us didn't know or heed or care about or, or were aware of. And so um, the state of my soul, yes, is a, awake as much as it is. Um, and, <clears throat> and, continuing to continue. That makes sense. Yes. So my guiding word in life has been awake for at least 20, 25 years. So I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome to Be Woke. It's always a good place to be. So thank you. And thank you for sharing that because yes, I think that, I think it's really important that we make space to ask that question for people right now because there is so much under the surface that we're not really getting to. And I think it's important that we have these moments where we can be real and honest. So thank you for that. Yeah, completely. So this podcast is called The Brave Yes, which was a direct phrase that came out of my mouth, actually out of <laughs> my fingers because I typed it, the day after I decided to pivot my work that I had been doing in the world for nearly a decade, which was to drop my Abundant Mama brand and come out in the world as myself, Sean, a coach, a whole person, not just a mother. There was a lot more to that story but the truth is that I have done a lot of brave things and I'm always, always trying to be more brave. I have never, I am never done with my journey of being brave. And part of my own Brave Just journey and the work that I do with women is to help women find their inner brave girl to be more authentic, to be themselves at work, at home and in this world. And that does look like speaking out uh, in politics sometimes. And that does, you know, allow us to kind of enter ourselves on the stage of life. Um, and all of this varies from human to human. And that's why I love this Brave Yes Voices series, because every story is literally going to be phenomenal and amazing and so unique and authentic. So, that's, uh, and you are the first guest in the series. So I wanna say thank you. And I have deep gratitude to you for sharing your story with, here, with us here today. Yeah, I, um, I'm very honored and I am with you 100% on, you know, all of us using our voices in whatever way it is that we can. And so let's do this. Like, yeah, come on, let's, yeah. let's use our voices, literally. Speak up, ladies, right? <laughs> Speak up. You know, actually, this is totally not in my script here to talk about today, but one of my favorite things, I got some emails. Um, I, I get emails over the years um, from women who have been following my personal uh, Facebook page where I'm very vocal and I have been very vocal for 25 years about uh, being an anti-racist, about a lot of political issues, um, and I had emails from women quietly, of course, saying, thank you. Thank you for helping me be brave because here's, here's how I am doing things differently. And though, I mean, I get chills like thinking about those emails because you know they would never put it publicly, but when we speak up, it helps others speak up. When we find our voice, it helps others find their voice. Well, I... I have to now say this because this morning I received a message from a woman basically saying the opposite. Oh. And she is someone who started following me a, a while ago, I guess, and she had read my book and she sent me a message on Facebook and has been considering working with me. And this morning she sent me a message and said um, that I better be careful with my left wing views in public and that um, I'm turning people off, people that she has sent my way, I'm turning them off and I really need to take a look at how, you know, my, my responsibility to not turn people off. And I was just like, oof, um, I have not responded. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's definitely a personal choice on how you want to show up in the world. And I choose to show up loud and proud as myself. And that attracts those people who have those same values. And values and integrity is everything to me. Yes. I, you know, I have been living the anti-racist um, social justice life. My, I mean, my, my kids are 15. I'm, I'm pretty sure we took them to some kind of a rally or protest when they were three. Um, we're not, new, I'm not new at this and I'm not going to hide it. Uh, and what I love is that it, it has, it brings women to me that want, they want that. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we're trying to change people. I'm not trying to change anybody. You, you are who you are. Yeah. We believe that the brave yes that we have to do right now is to live our values um, and be in what I call soul alignment. You yeah. Know, if you're if you're feeling something on the inside, but then you're living differently on the outside, that's not integrity, and that doesn't feel good. That's not yeah. what joy is. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, given my work and, 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 you know, my brave yes. Um, and as I said, I haven't responded to this woman yet. I'm not sure I'm going to, um, I'm wanting to let it set a spell for a while and see what comes up. But I mean, what it, what it is, is it it's this dynamic that she brought up about, you know, being careful and not saying things and, and is at the heart of the work that I do. Right. I mean, I, you know, on some level, I am, I mean, you know, a thought that crossed my mind was you sound just like my mother. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. <laughs> yes. That might be a different podcast episode. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I do, I think it's, it's definitely a personal choice, but, and I love that you're giving it, you're holding space for her and what she gave you. I mean, I think it's, I do think it's important that we hear people and listen, Mm -hmm. Um, but then we make the choice that's best for us, right? Like we just, yeah, I I guess I'm, I'm kind of at a place where, especially in the work that I'm doing with women is, I think we've been quiet long enough. We've been reserved and and putting things, it's now time for a new way. This is a new way of doing human, (laughs) being human that yeah. we're in and and to go back to doing everything the way we used to do just doesn't feel right and i think again the brave yes is doing it differently mm-hmm. living out loud um and i see that so much now and it's just so it's just so beautiful yeah yeah the last four years has definitely uh woke people up and you see it everywhere and it's just so i've been you know i remember feeling lonely mm. my views um and you know that's a whole other podcast too, but you know, I found people like a lot of people, <laughs> you know, you couldn't maybe do this. Um, you couldn't be so vocal with it, you know, five years ago. Um, yeah. So a lot has changed that way. So let's get into this brave. Yes. Your brave. Yes. Journey. Um, so usually, you know, cause I've been studying this, um, this journey for women for a while. Uh, before we take that leap into our brave yes, whatever it is, we are often facing a challenge or an opportunity. It's that sort of pivotal moment that led you to say, I am going all in. And it's usually, again, that brave yes is very scary, exciting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a scary, exciting moment. 
So let's start there. What was the catalyst moment for you? What was going on before your brave yes? And then we'll talk about the brave yes itself and, and what that's led for you. So the answer is that um, in at the very end of 2010, now, let me back up and just say that my relationship with my mom as an adult woman, me being an adult woman has always been a bit rocky, up and down, all around. And at the end of 2010, I had an interaction with my mom and she sent me an email. And in that email, she said to me that she was disappointed in the person that I'd become. And it was sort of like the last straw kind of feeling in my body. And um, unlike all sort of the previous times where, you know, she was disapproving of me, I said in, in an email back, I wrote and I said um, that I didn't, based on what she'd said in this email, I didn't want to see or speak to her again. And so I was, um, and you know, <laughs> there's a great quote, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like, the state of mind in which we make our final decisions rarely lasts. And, but at the time I, I thought, okay, this is it. I'm never going to see or speak to my mother again. And, um, and then I, you know, sort of clumsily was going on this journey and coincidentally, very coincidentally, my father died very unexpectedly, like a few days later. And my parents were divorced when I was very, very young. So it's like, it wasn't like they were together and that this had happened, but um, it was it was sort of like, oh gosh, I've lost both my parents, one intentionally and one not. <laughs> um, but so I, I was sort of stumbling along and, um, you know, doing the personal growth thing, right? Trying to you know figure out what what's what and therapy. And I had discovered coaching um, and decided to become a coach. Uh, at the time, I thought I was going to be working with women around the issue of body image, which I still do on some level. But um, it became very obvious to me that there was something I needed to do in regards to this relationship with my mom, not necessarily to get back together with her so that we could like be all happy. But that I, I really wanted to, without knowing this, I wanted to change the way I experienced my mother. And so, you know, I, I started doing that, that work and um, that's what, that was sort of what was the catalyst was, was this, this break that I had with her and wanting it to be different in some way. Yeah. So that led to, to what would it, well, let me ask you this. What, when you decided to kind of change that relationship, what were like two or three different inner and also outer resources that you had to develop? Cause you said you started to do some personal development. Um, you know, how do you experience your mother differently? So what, what were you what did you find? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when I said like, I, I, again, it's sort of like a hindsight thing, but I recognize that like, if I'm going to experience my mother differently, um, if I'm going to, because it was, there was so much sort of like 
chronic anger and frustration and sadness and fear, like those were sort of like the main emotions that I experienced when I think about my mom. Um, and it, this isn't, this wasn't about like, just be like saying to myself, oh, well, she did the best she could. And, you know, which I think is sort of like this, like little, what do you call it? Like not an affirmation, but like a, a, a little, you know, what are those things that we call platitude, like a little platitude that's supposed to make you feel better. Um, but it's also but, spiritual bypassing. Yes, that's exactly, that's the word. <laughs> it's like, don't worry about your feelings. She just did the best that she can. And then, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, you know, on a more profound level, because it, what I learned was basically that number one, I had no boundaries. So if we're talking about, um, you know, an inner and outer, I see boundaries as both being an inner and outer um, thing. Um, eventually this didn't happen right away, but eventually learning about my nervous system, learning about what trauma is and learning about what does it mean to have the capacity in our nervous systems to be able to hold the feelings that we're feeling and the thoughts that we're feeling without like, you know, in, in the language, you know, the language used being triggered. Right. Um, and that, that to me is a, like when I say maturity, it's a sign of maturity when it's not like mental maturity, but emotional uh, uh, nervous system maturity, right? That we can be with those feelings when we're, you know, wanting to scream at our mothers or run away from our mothers or people please our mothers, right? Um, so, so that was, yeah, so it, it's, it was learning boundaries, it was learning the capacity of my nervous system and like, how can I, how can I nurture that? Um, learning how to, you know, manage my mind and my emotions, which again, goes back to being, a, being willing to change the way I experience her. Um, and another important piece of it is I mean, the, you know, in our world there, you know, we use all kinds of words like transformation and healing and, and all of that. And I, sometimes I think that that's great that we have this opportunity to, to have that in our, you know, to experience that for ourselves. But I think it's important that we learn to define what it means for ourselves, not what somebody else may say, okay, now you're transformed or now you're healed because for me, one of the um, primary definitions for healing isn't that I'm never triggered again, right? Because I think, you know, I think so many of us are sort of looking for some sort of like perfection, even though we know, kind of know better not to. Um, and we find ourselves, you know, feeling that anger again, or that fear and we're like, hey, this didn't work because I'm not supposed to feel this way anymore. So that's, you know, how then do you, and this is the a term I think probably many people use, but like, how do you then remother re yourself, right? So that you can, when you are triggered, because you will be, right? Whether it's a uh, official nervous system kind of trigger or just an emotional trigger, right? You're going to, experience those as long as you're human 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So those are, yeah, those are, I think, the main resources that I have turned to in, internally, externally, and continue to, and will continue to for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I always love when you talk about that because, you know, I have my mother and I have, we have a relationship, but it's different because she moved 700 miles away the year my girls, my twins were born. And I definitely went through what I now know was grief, but didn't know it was grief then. Um, and I was so angry at her um, and the triggers throughout the years. I mean, it's been 15 years now, uh, almost 15 actually. And I definitely, the, the work that I have been doing with women over the last decade has been about mothering yourself. I don't call it remothering because we have, we experience many things in our days as mothers <laughs> that yeah. are where we need to mother ourselves. Um, so the work, that's the work, a lot of the work that I do with women. And what I find so interesting is that for me, it's not about experiencing my mother differently. It's about, I have to change my expectations of her. What I thought, I have to change the story. Yes. You know, there was this story of how the mother daughter relationship was going to look like, mm -hmm. and it didn't turn out that way at all. <laughs> and so, um, so that whole mothering yourself is, it has, whenever I see another mother daughter, you know, with a woman that might be my age, I have to, I have to kind of go into that story like, okay. There it is again, triggered again, <laughs> mother yourself again. And as a mom, you know, seeing how I can shape that relationship um, is important to me, you know, as I, as my kids are, you know, they're 15. <laughs> I have two 15 year old girls. Uh, <laughs> we are in the, we are in the throes of things Yes. in this relationship. And, um, and it is not easy stuff. <laughs> it is just not. Um, so I, I think that, uh, your, those inner and outer resources are so relevant and, and perfect for so many women, because even if you have a good relationship with your mm -hmm. mother, you struggle. Yeah, <laughs> it's just totally. I and I, you know, there. so much of this is, um, you know, and, and we're hearing about this from so many different directions and I'm, I'm so glad, um, that, the this like collective trauma intergenerational trauma you know that the fears that we have today are the fears that our mothers and grandmothers and on down the line had even if we're not experiencing them the same way mm -hmm. so and and yeah so it's um it's, you know, I often say, and I know you know this, right? It's not necessarily what our mothers did and said to us or at us, it is what they modeled. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the after then. You know, we just talked about kind of like what, you know, what you needed, what was happening before. We talked about the during and, you know, kind of what you needed to do to heal and move forward. So now, you know, looking, looking at your life now, what, 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 what has changed for you because of this brave yes? How has it impacted your life? 
It's interesting because um, like when you had asked me to be, to be on this and you asked me, you know, what is the brave yes in your life? And, you know, what I, what I jotted down was the idea that was being able to say to my mother, you know, not necessarily in these exact words, but with my actions um, and my energy that this is who I am separate from you and your expectations of me. And are you willing to accept me as I am? And if you're not, that's okay. Right. And because I'm clear about who I am and what I want. And I mean, one thing I did say to her at one point in the past 10 years was that I was letting her off the hook for having to approve of me and, and my choices and, you know, and I love you. Right. So it's, it's the, the brave yes. And this, this is also, um, was sort of in, it wasn't informed at the time, but since, since then, actually, I think it was sometime last year, I read a book called A Woman Is No Man by uh, an author named, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce her name correctly, but it's Etaf Rum. Yes, I think that is right. Yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a novel a story about Palestinian women living in the United States. And um, the, you know, I, I'm not sure if she used this expression or not, but it was like walking this middle path between, um, you know, rolling over and just doing what her mother and grandmother and, you know, the other women and men in her family wanted her to do. And, you know, at the expense of herself or running away from the family completely and never seeing them again and estranging herself from them, right? So can she walk that middle path which is, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do what you are telling me to do and I'm not gonna run away from you. Yeah. Which, you know, as I just said that, I got like chills. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, cause that is the brave yes, right? Yeah. Not running and not cowering and not, or settling or. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing. I've been doing a, a lot of my new coaching work is really helping women with their career aspirations. Mm. Um, I mean, it's just, I, I've pivoted a lot in my life, so it's a natural fit for me. But one of the stories that keeps coming up with my clients is, well, I wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. Family wanted me to do yes. something different. And so I went with that. And so now it's about coming home to yourself, right? It's like, I'm not, I don't need to do that to please people anymore. But that's the, that's the recurring story over and over. And, and we you know that the people pleasing piece, and this is something that has, I think, and I don't know who, who coined it first. Actually, I think I do. Um, when we talk about trauma in the nervous system and the, the, the responses, fight, flight, and freeze, there is a fourth F now, which is fawning or people pleasing. Yes. And what I love about putting it in that context is that because I know so many women get down on themselves, right? And they beat themselves up and, you know, are critical because they're like, oh, I'm such a people pleaser. And, you know, you're not doing it on purpose. You're doing it to stay safe. <laughs> right. Because you perceive a threat. Well, as a mom, I struggle with this so much. I mean, literally, I think this is like the thing that keeps me up at night because, you know, you want your kids to be kind, right? You want them to be respectful, 
We want them to be cooperative. I mean, these are the things we want for our kids because we know it's going to help their lives be easier. At the same time, you think, no, I want them to be disruptive. I want them to do <laughs> something. I do it. Girls, especially. Um, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to raise kids in that perfect way. Um, and yes, I want my kids to be kind and compassionate and not take any shit. You know, the one of one of my teachers that I have um, I have worked with and um, very much admire and respect for a lot of reasons is I'm not sure if you know who Randy Buckley is. I do know Randy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that she teaches is that kindness isn't kindness unless it includes us. Yes. And so when we're teaching our kids to be kind and compassionate and respectful, it has to include them. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then it's not kind and compassionate and respectful. Right. And that it's like, you know, again, like that is that causes our brains to go, wait, what? Like, what does that actually look like? Yes. But I think that that can be a really good way, like a good, what's the word, like a guidepost or something is to ask, am I including myself in this? Because if I'm not, then. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I always tell my kids like, okay, does it feel right for you? Like you're, you're doing all this for a friend, you know, a lot of times it's they're over giving to friends who are not reciprocating. And, you know, if you're feeling like it's off, that's a sign that, you know, time to start thinking about you. Yeah. Um, and we all need to do that. I mean, gosh, every client that I have needs to, <laughs> every client. Oh gosh. I love it. Thank you for all of this. This has been like amazing. Um, so Tell me how your, your brave yes led to your coaching. Uh, Cause I know you do your business. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so I am a writer that's been, uh, that has been uh, my career ever since I got out of college, which was in 1984, in case you want a reference point. <laughs> um, and, you know, for many, many, many years, I was a plastics industry trade magazine journalist and editor. Um, And, you know, in the early 2000s, that kind of all went away. And uh, the company that I had been working for, you know, got the magazine got sold and, and, you know, the new publisher didn't want me. And I was kind of in this like midlife crisis, I guess, or what I don't even know. I don't use midlife, but I feel like I'm still in midlife, but um, you know, and I, I kind of floundered for a while and I worked at a Borders bookstore and, you know, I had always identified as a writer, but I kind of was like, well, I don't, you know, that old um, expression, which is write what you know. And I'm like, but I don't know anything. <laughs> That's what I thought. And, um, and so, you know, time moves forward and, you know, we have an internet and I started blogging. Actually, it was even kind of before that I had joined some, you know, different message boards and whatnot. And I really started to experience what it feels like to write where other people can interact with it. And I started a blog in 2009. And as, as I said earlier, it was sort of around body image and self-acceptance and, um, 
you know, it just, it just sort of went from there. And, you know, as I said, like, you know, after that sort of break with my mom and then, you know, blogging all of all the while and meeting other bloggers and then also meeting coaches. Right. I mean, I think it was sort of all part of the same, uh, world, same circles and, um, really seeing how coaching was impacting people and helping them. And, you know, not, not, I'm not dissing therapy at all, but it was when I was training as a coach that this mother stuff really came to the surface. And I was, you know, there's, there's a lot of backstory there, but um, being coached on that specifically led to such like such a change that I'm like, I can't keep this to myself. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, I, it seemed like every woman I ever spoke to, my mother's a narcissist or my, you know, and so it was just, it, and, and, and then being a writer, you know, I decided to write a book. It was, this was my second book. Um, and I wrote a book and <laughs> it was a bestseller. <laughs> like go figure that that book is actually no longer available but the the book um which is the difficult mother's adult daughter's book came out of that other that first book that i wrote on it amazing and so it just you know it was like this organic experience Mm -hmm. and the more i did it and the more women who came to me and wanted to do the work i was just like perfect you know it was like a perfect fit well, there is no shortage of women with mother issues. So you have, you know, I'm, I'm always like, see, when I see the issues, I like tag you on Facebook. Like, hey, <laughs> here's a thread for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh, I love it. Because it does, it impacts so much. It impacts the way women mother, if they choose to be mothers, it impacts, um, you know, their ability to express themselves. It, you know, impacts so much. So what, what wisdom would you give to a woman, um, you know, just as that, like, maybe she's listening to this podcast and she goes, well, I have, I have a mother that, you know, that I'm struggling <laughs> with, <laughs> to put it lightly, you know, what's the like one line piece of wisdom that you want to offer her? Well, it's two, two concepts. One is that your mother doesn't have to change in order for you to feel better. And she doesn't have to participate in the process. Mm. And are you willing to change the way you experience her for your sake, not hers? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have human brains that are amazing and we can over time change the way we, uh, we think about our mothers again, not, not, it's not like saying, Oh, I had this amazing, wonderful mother. Isn't she the best thing? That's not what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but it's about learning how to tell the truth so that it doesn't make you suffer anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful work needs to be done. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're, you're doing that. Um, I am wanting now to move into sort of our open-ended portion of this interview. So um, this is a series of questions, just short answers uh, is what we're looking for. You know, don't think that you have to overthink it. And I know that you kind of know what they are. So hopefully, 
they'll come easy for you. So first of all, first question, naturally, what does brave yes mean to you? What I, what comes to my head is saying yes to something that I'm unsure about, but excited about. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Scary and super exciting. Right. When you said that earlier, I'm like, yep. yep. That's it. Um, what is a favorite life adventure that you've experienced? Um, actually, like when I said before about um, my years as a plastics industry trade magazine journalist, I was able to travel not around the entire world, but a good portion of the world and the United States. And I did much of it all by myself. And as a result of that, I had some pretty interesting um, experiences. And the one that stands out most to me was I was in Austria in early September, 2001. And the plastics industry is a very male dominated industry. And I was there for the celebration of the, it was like the 25th anniversary of this company. And they had invited the press and they were unveiling all these new technologies. And it was just, but it was like this celebration thing. And they had invited a lot of their customers. And while I was at the airport, when I arrived at the airport and we were all sort of like, you know, waiting to, to get our rides to wherever it was we were going, I don't even remember, um, in Vienna, um, I met a man and his then girlfriend. And the man told me, that he was planning to propose to her there and that they had like, he had set it up so that like, if she said yes, that they were gonna go to this like little like quaint village where this castle and they were gonna get married. Like it was all set up for them to actually get married there. And so, and then like, you know, a couple days later there was like this big party and he had like proposed and she had said yes. And we were all excited. And she turned to me, cause like, again, there was hardly any women there. And she said, would you come with us and be my maid of honor? Wow. And I said, absolutely. Talk about a brave yes, right? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that scary, but it was like, okay, this is so exciting, you know? And well, so that weird yes, right? It's like <laughs> going to a stranger's wedding and being a maid of honor or, you know, maid of honor or whatever. <laughs> And so I did, and it was amazing. And then I flew home and the next day was 9-11. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it was like, like, like a totally. It prepared you for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> really good, really bad, really good, really bad. <laughs> that, you know, like when I think about that time in my life and I did a lot of that kind of traveling and like unexpected things, you know, and it, it was, it was. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love that. I need, I need more brave adventure stories in my <laughs> Most of mine include like hiking animal experiences. <laughs> so what is a future life experience that you would future life adventure experience that you'd like to have? Making $1 million with my own bare hands. Very wow. <laughs> yes, that is a brave yes moment there. Speaking it out loud so the universe can hear it is part of the brave yes on that too, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, so um, I am a huge reader. What is a recent book you read that has inspired you or that you loved? Yeah, I am a huge reader too. I always have a book going, at least one. Um, and one that stands out to me is called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yes. And it's interesting because the main character is a woman and you know, I think there were, I, I, when I, you know, online, I had seen people sort of debating whether or not like he had the right to, to write a such a female character, but I think he did a great job. And I too, I mean, I, I love that book and I love, I loved that he, that, cause I normally read women writers yeah, because I like women characters and it's really hard to find male written female characters. And so it's really one of the few books that I have read by um, fiction by a man. If you want another one, and maybe you've read this, maybe you haven't, but um, She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb. Yes, I read that years and years ago. Uh, That's another true. man who wrote a female character. That, that, you did a really good job with that. Absolutely. Um, I also love The Midnight Library because it's really very connected to the work that I do, yeah. uh, is on finding your purpose. And because of my girls and I, my daughter is one of my daughters is a big reader. So I'm like, you've got to read this book because you thought, <laughs> you know, like, what do you like? How do you like you, you pivoted too? like you were a journalist and a writer, which is what I was when I started. And then I've had like five different, <laughs> I've literally had like five different careers. Um, and I don't think I'm done. Like, I don't think I'm, I think I'm just going to keep evolving and changing and that's what, so the Midnight Library just was that, like, imagine trying on yes. anything you wanted, like, yeah. and then also connected to the, the choices that you've made. Yeah, it was just a really great book. So I could probably talk, I should probably have a podcast about books. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> I could really talk about books all day. Okay, final question. Who is someone you admire for their courage and authentic authenticity and why? Um... There's again, there's a lot, but I'm going to, this is more about the courage than it is the authenticity, but I don't think it matters. My mom. Oh, wow. Twist ending. <laughs> yeah. When, when I mentioned earlier that, you know, my parents got divorced when I was very, very young and I was two and two, about two and a half, I guess. And, you know, that, that, event in my life was the source of a lot of pain and suffering. Um, and now, you know, we talked before about like, how do we retell stories, right? How do we tell stories so that they no longer are, you know, suffering for us. And <clears throat> so it was about 1965 and my mom was about 25 and we lived and I still live in Connecticut. And at the time, women couldn't get divorced. Mm. And, you know, based on what I know of my mom and, you know, of her history and what she wanted for her life, um, she was a very spirited, uh, rebellious um, person who, you know, I don't think she wanted what she had. And <clears throat> she had me, so she was kind of stuck with that. Not literally, but, you know, um, but she, she wanted out of this, this marriage and this life that she had. And so she got on an airplane <clears throat> and flew to Mexico by herself 
1965, because that you could get a quickie divorce there. Wow. And when I think about that, I'm like, she was a freaking badass. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I admire that. Interesting. What a great answer <laughs> to that question. I was not expecting that answer at all. So I love it. <laughs> love it. Thank you so much for oh, sharing gosh. the Brave Yes story. Uh, I would love for you to tell listeners how they can learn more about you. Where can they go to connect with you? So I do have a website and it is kclanderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N.com. <clears throat> and I do have a mailing list that I love sending emails to. And it's often just hope, you know, hopeful, helpful uh, tips, um, stories, things that I'm learning, how to set that, like all, all the things. Um, I also have a podcast um, and I am most, if you're looking for me on social media, it's mostly Facebook. Um, Karen C. L. Anderson. I do have like the professional page, but like, I don't know, that's just sort of sterile and there yeah. doesn't seem to be a lot happening there. <laughs> yes. So, if, you know, I guess maybe you can link to, to my thing in the show notes. We will. We will link to all of it um, on the, on our blog post page, as well as in the show notes. So absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a pleasure. It was mine. Fantastic. Well, I hope you have a peaceful, calm 2021. <laughs>